Jody. Table of five. Your table's not ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what, dude, that's what it was like. Like in Conclave when we were waiting for that table. Oh, like, gosh. Jody. Yeah, except he was like yelling it. Jody. Mike and he would out. walk in. <laughs> so you would walk in, Jody, party of five, you're two. And everybody, dude, nobody would talk. And everybody had this feeling like if I say a word, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm getting kicked out of the restaurant. Like yeah. It's... Okay. So for those who have no idea, because you weren't there, which is uh, pretty much everybody except for Sean. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, we, Jody. we go to this diner, which we've, we, we've done before. Party of five. They have, there's no real spot to wait. So they put you in like the lobby of the hotel that it's attached to. Yeah, we're in Chattanooga at Conclave, all <laughs> hanging out. And we're like, oh, hey, let's go. We And Jody and I are going to eat with some people, including our man, Sean. What's up, Sean, who's a podcast listener? And uh, and so, yeah, we're <laughs> there's this little place on the corner. How far is it? I mean, it's like, oh, like two three blocks, blocks, two or three blocks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, the diner. What's it called? Yeah, the, the city. City diner or something, something like that. Yeah, so they put you in this waiting room of the hotel. It's like the lobby of the hotel next door. And then there's all these people crammed in this thing waiting on a table. And this guy. And this hotel is like a two-star lobby, keep in mind. Oh, sketch. Like, it's a two-star hotel. With furniture that looks like it came out of a preschool. Yeah. Which I I knew. I met one guy while we were at Conclave that his youth pastor, he and his youth pastor had a room in the Marriott. And last-minute dude's wife decided to come. (laughs) And so they put him in that. <laughs> it's <a> true story. <laughs> oh. She's never coming back. Yeah, this dude walks in to call Jody. <laughs> it felt like, I think, okay, this is what, I think this is the way we described it. Like everybody has that one male junior high leader. Jeez, man. Right? Who can yeah. come in and just can walk lay in the wall down. That, we literally said that while we were standing there. Yeah. Yeah, like we were like, dude, we need this guy as a middle school like camp leader. <laughs> he was because he could walk in and time to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> wrap it up, boys. Time to go to bed. This is awesome. This is awesome. So anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. That's Chris. Yeah, welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm That's Jody. Jody. Up at five thirty, he was well. We started about five. We've been taking care of other stuff this morning. Five a.m. in California time. You're insane, dude. Hey, man, it's just sleep. Yeah, yeah. it's it's similar to going to Conclave. It's basically the same as catching a flight to get to Conclave. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, but we yeah. did have a great time in Chattanooga at the uh, southeastern Con- southeastern Conclave. I forget the full name of the thing. It was. Um, what a good time that was, and we ran into a few folks for sure, including uh, Sean, who listens to the podcast, so thanks for that, and uh, had a great time, had some amazing interviews, we're going to talk about those in a second, and uh, it was good, man. Yeah, it's worth pointing time. out, this is the last thing I'm going to say about the dinner, that it was a, we went to that diner, and it was like, it was a dinner with three magicians. Come on now, come three on. Three magicians, me and Sean. And my wife. Oh, yeah. And my wife. Yep. Yeah. uh, yeah. And one of the magician's wives, who I think is also a magician. She's Australian also. So she's an Australian magician. So it was really a whole table of magicians, your wife, Wendy, and me and Sean. Yeah. Well, there are a couple other magician-type people there that had booths 
you know, like in the exhibit hall. Yeah. And I'm friend with those guy, friends with those guys, so we all kind of just went and hung out. And Sean didn't even learn a magic trick. That's true. That you just nerded out and talked about it all the time. It wasn't yeah. like when you think I'm going to have dinner with a table food. of magicians. You think this is going to be the coolest dinner I've ever had. Yeah. That is wrong. There that was no was, magic. There was no magic. It was very incorrect. The best part of the yeah. night was the cake. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, we had a great time at Conclave. Got to hang out with some some folks for sure and do some interviews. We'll be rolling those out here the next few uh, episodes so you guys can hear those because um, they were really, really helpful. Got to hang out with our friends over at YM360. Yeah, that was extra special, you know, because they are a sponsor of the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast. And we got to hang out with, I, I, I got to see uh, everybody. Like I got to see Roger and Andy Blanks. And Lee. And Lee. Lee. I think Lee, just for the record, is the glue that keeps that whole thing. Probably together. So. Somebody needs to. Lee, Lee and a couple of the ladies that are that are in there, like in the office type folks that are really, um, and like Lindsay, I don't know if you know Lindsay or not, but she's just, I think they're the glue. You know, that's what, that's what, that, uh, man. And if you're looking for resources though. Jake was there, did the lunch out. thing. Jake was there. That was awesome. Yeah. So. It's good. Yeah. So if you're looking left, for stuff. Great. Yeah. Resources and camps coming up and all those things. Head over to YM360.com. Check out that, uh, all the things there. Yeah, camp deadlines are upon you, man. If you're thinking about a new camp, you need to really dig in and take a look at Generate and what they offer there and uh, and just reach out to those guys if you're if you're wondering because, man, it's awesome. Yeah, Generate camp is good. awesome. I've been a couple times and yeah. it's good. It's good. Use the promo code LONGERHALL, save 20% on not camp. Yep, not camp, but other stuff. But you should other still try in stuff. case the code's broken. Yep, for real. So, anyway, cool yeah. interview today uh, that we're going to yeah, share. Yeah, got it while we were at Conclave. Yeah. yeah. So, Scott Pace, Dr. Scott Pace. Dr. Scott Pace. He is uh, the recently appointed dean at Southeastern. We've had the previous dean of Southeastern. That's Southeastern. There's a whole lot of people that don't know what you Southeastern said. Seminary. There you go. Okay. Uh, Southeastern Seminary over in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, his predecessor, Jamie Dew, has been on the show a couple times and uh, has, has moved on and is now the president of New Orleans uh, Seminary down in New Orleans. And so Scott was kind and gracious enough to come on and talk about uh, a few things with us. Really had great great time hanging out with Scott. Got a new book, just came out. Him and Ed Newton wrote together. We talked a little bit about that in the interview as well as just kind of a, uh, importance of education what that looks like i i really enjoyed talking hanging out yeah i mean it was great and you know in the book and we 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 dig into a couple things we do talk about education and and um and you know we also talk about identity yeah a lot a whole lot students identity and how that impacts and he gave us a couple copies of the books we were able to look through them and it's it's a great book uh highly recommend it for sure and the education part, you know, I would just say this as, as you're about to listen to this thing, um, you know, depending on what stage of life you're in, try not to get overwhelmed or beat down by what at times I know can feel like a mountain, you know, can just feel overwhelming when it comes to getting through that education thing. Um, Jody, I know for you, you know, it was, a 
it was a bit of a process, you know, finishing you yeah, know your bachelor's. Sure. I mean, it took you a pretty good while. I squeezed my uh, three year uh, master's of divinity into nine years. Yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it was hard. I mean, I'm not trying to brag, you know, but you know, I squeezed into the nine. All I'm saying is I'm trying not to get overwhelmed. Um, there's and and please don't hear us saying there's only one way to do this, but know this that uh, I think we. Let me just speak for me. Often, whenever I push and push and push on this side of things, when I, it's tied to this feeling of longevity, of opening doors later on in life and not allowing a lack of education to be the thing that prevents you from getting to walk through a door. Yeah. You know, totally. It's not the only way God can work through all that stuff, but it's also a matter of just you being good at what you do of you being educated. Um, too often on these Facebook groups, these youth, Oh boy, I'm about to get Uh, Um, too often as I look on, uh, you know, the, the various youth ministry Facebook groups. There's so many opinions and so many like, and often I'm looking at them and they're uneducated opinions. You know, they're just flippant, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I'm going, man, like take a minute and do some research, you know, take a minute and become educated on that before you start. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to back off of that one real quick before I get crazy. Well, I so, think so. I'll, I'll say for me, right. It was, it was a long process. Um, and I think the key is just to pursue it and move forward and stay at it and see it as valuable. Um, and you're right. I mean, the reality is you can do student ministry. You can get a student ministry position and you can do student ministry without an education. hundred percent. Um, will you be as effective as you could be with an education? I would tell you, it, no, I don't think so. And that's, listen, it took me 18 years to finish. Okay. And so. And here's who we're not talking to right now, just for the record. We're not talking to bivocational folks out there that are kind enough to keep listening to what we're doing. And you have a major heart for youth ministry and you're also working a UPS job or a Walmart job or whatever that might be. That's not, I don't think we're really speaking, although education is still important and being educated is still important in the area of youth ministry. I don't think we're saying that we're talking about career minded. That's who I think of anyway. Is that true for you? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think so. And well, even I would say, even if you're a bivocational person, you can still pursue it at some level. Right. Yeah, it, maybe totally. you're not doing an MDiv, but you know, there, there's, and with everything now, and we talk a little bit about that with the accessibility of it and, and there's ways even financially now to, I mean, there's grants and scholarships and stuff that's out there. You just have to do a little homework to find them. I think the irony of this is a lot of times people that I meet and talk to about this who don't feel like education is important often have a little bit of of arrogance and pride about the fact that they are doing it without the degree. The, the the irony is that a lot of times when you try to tell someone the importance of education, the value of it, they feel like you're coming across arrogant telling them that they have to have the degree. That's not, I don't think what we're saying that you have to, we're just saying there's incredible value in it and don't write it off. And like you said, don't close a door now that you wish was open later. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. 
Well, keep listening, folks. If you're if you're sitting there going, I'm not about to listen to this because this is a struggle. Please keep listening and hear the heart of it again. Hear Scott's heart on this thing. And at the end of it, I really want I want to say one thing at the end uh, that I think you'll want to hear um, related to Scott, Doctor Scott, Scott, and uh, that I think will be helpful. So um, yeah, we yeah, do talk about more great. than education. The identity. Oh yeah, we do. And it's a lot. Yeah, matter of fact, I don't even think it's like I think a majority game. of it's not education. I think it's a small piece of it. I think you and I just got on a so rant. Like you're prone to do, Jody. I get sick of it, man. I'm not gonna lie. I get sick of you getting on your high horse and getting all ranty. What do you do, man. I don't know. And you I'm, know, I'm sleepy and grumpy in the morning. <laughs> not enough coffee yet. So cool. All right. Well, uh, let's jump in here so you guys can hear What's this. Uh, here is uh, a conversation interview conversation with uh, hey, jo- jody have you before you do hold on yep. have you listened to it yet yes it's good is there a lot of back there might be a little we're, we're by the way we're, we're we're in the exhibit hall that's a good thing. there might be some noise I, yeah that, there is that a little, bother me. little background a little murmur uh I can't. That, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me i'm just giving you a heads up it does it, it will sound a little different to our typical uh interview because we're in a big old room oh here i will say this though i can't remember which one it is one of them. So we're Jody. party of five, party of five, three magicians and two youth pastors. Uh, there was a like a near us where we were recording from in the corner. <laughs> the, the carnival games. There was a bunch of carnival and games, and there was a, a like an inflatable thing with a bull. People pull. So ever ever so often you'd hear. <laughs> yeah. So you may hear somebody scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you may hear somebody screaming. Microwave was it still loud? It was pretty loud. In in one of them though, there there's a lady who is like blood curdling screaming. Yeah. And so yeah. I've done my best to kind of pull that out a little so that it's not quite as distracting. Um, I don't think it was this one, um, but she was she was struggling. She was having a hard time on the on that thing. So anyway, all that said, here's the here's the conversation with Doctor Scott Pace. All right, so hey, we want to welcome Dr. Scott Pace. Dr. Scott Pace. Oh, of course, you got to have the title. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Do people around you, do they call you Dr. Scott or do they call you uh, Scott? Students in class have to, but everybody else. Students in class, Scott. it's, in class doctor, have to. Yeah, that's it's right. Dr. Pace. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Well, you earned it, so that's fair. That's right. So, Context Scott, is everything, t- tell everybody who you are and uh, what you're currently doing, and we're going to dig into this uh, youth ministry book that you have yeah absolutely i'm scott pace i'm currently the dean at the college at southeastern which is uh, the undergraduate programs at southeastern seminary teach preaching pastoral ministry and student ministry and so um yeah man that's that's how i spend my time also doing an interim pastor right now so serving yeah. in the local church uh not one or the other but feeding both the academy and the church man sounds like you're busy yeah loving yeah. it <laughs> it's life is full and fun you know? yeah he's, he's both real pastor and youth pastor that's like a oh real that's pastor. a rare <laughs> that's like a rare breed right there. That's pretty intense. That's great. How um we definitely want to jump in. You've got a new book out, and uh, we want to get into that in a minute. Just to kind of hear your passion on that. But before people hear that, what's your background in youth ministry, and why? Where's your heart for youth ministry come from? Yeah, listen, it's it's funny. Uh, my first role in the local church serving was um, in youth ministry. Uh, that kind of sparked actually out of an absence of youth ministry in my upbringing. So I can't tell you anything I learned of spiritual significance in my student ministry years as a, as a young youth, right, in 7th, yeah. 12th grade, whatever. So I didn't learn anything in that. But then seeing the need for that when God transformed my life in my college years, seeing the desperate need for that, 
and really the formative season that is to just invest in teenagers uh, gave me a real passion for it. So I did that, served for six and a half years as a youth pastor, and then have continued to just speak into uh, other youth leaders' lives and continue to invest in D-NOWs or different opportunities as it relates to supporting youth ministry. There's, what's up, Ben? So, uh, yeah, so just kind of investing in student ministers even now, not just training them formally in an academic setting, but also supporting them in the local church and partnering with them within, in ministry. That's cool. I think a lot of times we see folks step into youth ministry because of having like a youth pastor. Right, because so it was you're positive, the opposite. But mine was the opposite. It was like, man, there's a huge void because I didn't have this and I recognized what I lacked and saw a need there that I, I could help meet. That's, cool. That's awesome. Married, have a family? Man, uh, married over 20 years now, which oh, is hard yeah. to say. That means I'm, I'm old enough to be married 20 years. <laughs> um, and we have four children, man, all the way up from 16 down to seven. Oh, so you girls. have kids that are in a youth group yeah, now. three girls and a boy. And when I look at our teenagers, man, um, it does change your perspective when you have your own children in the youth group. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Life is full, but, but yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah that's, that's good. good. That's good. Well, we want to jump in a little. So you got a new book. Yep. Just yeah. came out. That you, you want to tell a little bit about the book? Yeah. Student Ministry we'll, by the Book, man. We'll dive in there. So yeah. a book about Student Ministry by the Book. Student Ministry by the Book. Obviously, it's a little bit of a play on words with the book being, but Student Ministry by the Book. Um, being based on scripture. So yeah. there's the foundational elements, man. We're not going to build anything on student ministry. Uh, that's what the old kind of paradigm used to be built on everything other than scripture, but the scripture is where the foundation has to be in the platform. Everything is predicated on scripture and student ministry. So the book operates from that prim- premise, then kind of walks through everything from student identity. Who are we ministering to as students? Mm-hmm. Like what is a teenager from a biblical perspective? how that is contrasted with what our culture says they are, and then where they fit in the church. Then we kind of walk through kind of designing and developing a student ministry, everything from leadership structure to philosophy to organization. And then lastly, investing in students, how to disciple them, walk with them, teach them how to think and uh, train them to to walk. Where'd the idea of the book come from? Yeah, like it was really interesting. Ed Newton and I, uh, Ed who Newton. co-authored Ed Newton? You know, is Ed, that a, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, um, is he a pastor? What's he do? Yeah. Some little church down in uh, San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio. I don't know. <laughs> he dabbles in some stuff. You know, so Ed and I were actually at Falls Creek a couple years ago and collaborating on some different things. And as we were sitting there talking, we recognized, man, there's a huge void uh, in the academy of those who are training student pastors and leaders. We've got yeah. some guys that we uh, are grateful for in terms of the, the, the heritage of youth ministry training. Um, guys like Richard Ross and Alan Jackson and these type of things. What's the future of student ministry look like and how can we continue to develop uh, youth ministry leaders? And so this was a book that said, you know what, not only can we use this in the academy, but this will be a, a, a kind of a, a foundational rubber meets the road type of book. It's written on an accessible level where a guy who doesn't have uh, access to formal academic training, maybe a bivocational youth pastor, a youth pastor who's just kind of thrown in and begins to serve, uh, because he's gifted in a certain way, like, man, this is going to help them. Let's equip some of those guys in the grassroots, kind of in the trenches doing it. This is an opportunity for us to do that. So we decided to put some of our experience together uh, on paper. That's cool. That's um, cool. So you, you, I love that w- when you say, man, guys who haven't really had the education yet, haven't had to jump in. Right. Like, obviously, you're, you serve at 
at a school, right? right as right, dean yeah. of the school that's equipping and serving. Where does education play in that? Like, where, what do you say to that guy? Right. Uh, the value of that, the time of that, like that's an investment for sure. Right. Um, what do you speak into that? What would you say? Yeah, there's a couple things I would say about it. One, um, I don't think you can minimize what you learn in a school. Yes, you hear people say, man, they don't teach you that in seminary. Well, one, our kind of goal with the College of Southeastern and Southeastern Seminary is to be the seminary that teaches you what you don't learn in seminary. Oh, there you we, go. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, want to yeah. take some of those theological underpinnings and the biblical foundation and then make it practical and relevant. And so some of the goal, as we've modeled it, is meant to be that. So don't think it's some highbrow, man. I'm not sitting in an ivory tower. I'm in youth ministry. Yeah, we know, and we want to give you resources and equip you. I mean, think about where we're at right now. You're being equipped at a place, Conclave, right at a conference that's designed to pour into you. Well, to have an academic training and uh, level of doing that, man, it's, it's only going to enrich your ministry. I know when I was first in ministry, uh, I actually started on the seminary side. I was like, man, we're not going to be in ministry while we're in seminary. God kind of transformed that. We met, right, yeah, Jody? Yeah. When yeah. I was there, uh, I started serving in youth ministry. And all of a sudden, I saw how my training, my academic training was informing some of my youth ministry on a practical level. And then I saw how I was able to take what I was learning in the field, serving in the local church capacity, and really trying to evaluate and filter what I was learning in the classroom. And dude, it just mutually benefited uh, one another. So the other thing I try and tell people is, man, so don't bypass it. And then two, there's never been a time where academic training is more accessible than now. Yeah, that's right? what I was thinking. Like I was thinking like rural, whatever state you want to name. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it oh, the overwhelming idea that okay I like the idea of school but how will I pull that off yeah so there's a couple of things that, that I look at so whether it's online or hybrid type weekends where hey you can fly in for a weekend and you get a full class just in a couple days where you're learning from guys who have just been doing this and the wisdom that's been accumulated for years of uh, again practitioners not just academicians but practitioners who are doing it uh, and you get to learn and kind of and then also be in a in collaboration of thought with a classroom full of other guys who are and, and, and ladies who are serving in these student ministry capacities. You get a chance to interact with them, network with them, grow from their experience and knowledge. Um, so hybrid type weekends, online, residential, all of these type platforms make it more accessible than than ever. You know? Yeah. So let's go back to the book for just a minute because I was looking through it and like half the book talks about identity right yeah so was that when you where's your heartbeat on that where did that what did that come out of and what would you say hopefully folks will definitely go and we'll link to the book in the show notes page so that we can give people access sure. to that sure uh but that said what's sort of the heartbeat behind that why, why identity so much man everything flows from identity right i mean in terms of students understanding who they are but our culture has this huge identity confusion going on. Man, what do they do with teenagers, right? So at 16, you can get your driver's license and drive a car. At 17, you can go see an R-rated movie. At 18, you can buy cigarettes or whatever, or enlist in the military uh, at 20, and vote. And at 21, you can drink alcohol. Like, what is a teenager? The culture doesn't know where they fit. If you commit a crime when you're 15, you're charged as a child. If you commit it when you're 16 years and one day, you're all of a sudden an adult. Where are these lines drawn? And it creates this identity confusion that we've helped kind of promote in the church as well, kind of, you know, subtly. Uh, and so they don't, they don't know what they are. So biblically, what does God say they are? Well, they're spiritually responsible and accountable before him, but they also have unlimited potential for him. So they, they have some spiritual responsibility if we will give them training and help disciple them and mature them and invest in them. 
But understanding who they are in Christ also helps them navigate, man, the crazy world they live in, where they're not finding their identity in their friends or their looks or what they can do or not do, experiences they've done or maybe that's been done to them, that their identity is founded and rooted in Christ. And if we begin to approach teenagers with that understanding of who they are, I think it'll change how we do student ministry. They're more of an emerging adult and disciple of Christ rather than a prolonged childhood, you know? It, it feels like it's never been more true for a teenager when it comes to this identity, when it comes to how social media is impacted that. No I know so often grownups, adults, youth pack, we always want to go cell phone, social media, cell right, phone, right, social right, media, right. cell phone, social media, and point to that. But the reality of that is, is there is a massive impact. And I think a lot of students are really struggling with the feeling like they have to have an identity, you know, and then yeah. they're like, well, what do I do with that? Yeah. For this image yeah. rather than an identity. Yeah. And an image is, you know, imaginary, right? It's, it's something that's not real. And that phantom in the mirror or on the selfie or on that story, you know, on Snapchat or whatever, like, dude, that's not real. And it doesn't define you. And I think there's freedom in recognizing who they are in Christ and then helping them live that out. And what, what are the implications of that? So that's where the foundation, like you said, man, the first third of the book is all about student identity, who they are, uh, and then how that then shapes and forms our approach to student ministry. We, we just, it's interesting because we just had this conversation uh, at our church because every week we'll get prayer requests in from students on mm. Wednesday night. They'll turn those in. And every week, week after week after week, the bulk of those are something to do with identity in the sense of like, I just feel really lost and I don't know who I am. Right. Or I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Or I feel like I'm supposed to be something I'm not. Or I'm not sure what, you know. And so yeah, it's like we it. just literally said, okay, we need to figure this out and put together some type of resource to hand to students. No doubt. To, to help them navigate this. And, and it, we need to look at something to teach through mm-hmm. uh, on identity. And it's something that uh, I love what you're saying because, yeah, everything seems to flow out of that. And we live in a, in a culture right now that wants the label to be the identity. Right. Right. So you have to fall within a label like yeah. we're going to label you as this. And this is who you are, who you are, defines you. Yeah. Right? And so when you when they I feel like the, the pressure to, to fall under one of those, man, it makes, it, yeah. makes it muddy quick, really hard for students. And it also changes our approach to student ministry. Right. I mean, a lot of times we begin to tailor towards or, or kind of tailor our student ministry approach towards navigating those image social factors without ever getting to the substance yeah. of you know the identity and where that should be mm, found that's real good so another chapter that stands out to me that kind of pops is uh this idea of teaching them to think oh look out come yeah. on now yeah. so 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 <laughs> yeah the the that chapter is really about how students can handle and understand theology and doctrine. Hold on, hold yeah, on, hold on. <laughs> You're telling me that you think students can handle the deep stuff? Man, they can handle trigonometry. They can handle theology, right? I've literally said that before. Right. I think I used geometry instead, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hey, the T's work better. Now, but, I yeah. can't do common core math. Yeah. Right. No. The boxes. I don't know how to do the boxes. <laughs> I can't do multiplication, dude. <laughs> yeah, math is so. not a strong. Theology for me is much easier. Than easier than math. Okay, yeah, so yeah. put literature in there, right? Man, they have to read all these different things about literature and, and whatever it is that they know how to do. They can think deeper. And yeah. I think uh, that's one of the reasons, and we've seen this, man, studies bear it out and trends have shown it, that a lot of times the um, the reason students drift or walk away from the church is because they're not being challenged. They feel like I've got everything you have to offer. I've heard 
the stories, the, the kind of highlight reel of, of God and the Bible. I'm familiar enough with that. I don't really see the relevance in my life as it's hitting me now and as I've become kind of exposed to and encountered different things. So, man, I don't see it as relevant, but helping them see that theology and doctrine and the value of it. We walk through in the book how theology is, and it's an acronym, how it becomes a compass that will mm. do everything from enhance our worship to also give us practical strategies for how to live and how to deal with hard questions in life because that's what they really start asking right hard questions and man a lot of times we aren't equipped to answer them or we don't point them in the right direction for an answer and they get frustrated and walk away we just happen to be in our middle school ministry right now we're in two different series one on Wednesday night one on Sunday morning that both of them sort of raised this issue to me because one of them we're dealing with the fruit of the spirit right in the other one, we're going through the life of Jonah. Mm. We're doing like a four-week thing. And part of what I felt like I had to get, wrestle through with our students is to get them past their VBS understanding. Of Jonah, right? And that's not a rip on children's no, no, ministry. Sure. But it, but of Jonah and, and even the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of, you know, it's like the song, the fruit yeah. of the Spirit, you know, and, and helping them to understand that these are actually two very rich, one is a very rich passage, this idea of evidence, but the other being this just amazing story and actually standing up before them and saying, and listen, I know it's nuts. Right. It sounds crazy, but I really do believe there was a Jonah. Yeah. Right. right. That was and inside a of a fish. fish. And, right. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, but, but because of that, trying to help them to understand this is, this is real. And there needs to be, you need to have a deeper understanding of this. Well, and that's the type of thing that gets into their view of scripture. Like, okay, this is not a fanciful story, right? There's some scripture that we want to understand and, and we're going to bank on this. The supernatural is real. Yeah. And then uh, also helping them understand that, hey, God's got a mission for you. There's so much that's rich in there and their view of God has is, is become so, you know, empty or superficial uh, that we can enrich that by helping teaching them you know, sound doctrine, but not in a way that makes it seem like a systematic theology class, right? But actually in a way that where theology becomes practical and where it drives how they live based on what they know and what they believe and why they believe it. Yeah, I think sometimes that's the breakdown is that right. we think, oh, if I teach theology, then I'm not really teaching them application in life, right? right? And so we, we then in student ministry, especially, will trend towards a topical more of a textual kind of yeah. approach, even in the series that we're teaching, or and rather than really helping them identify, learn the theology, and then almost model for them how to draw out the application. Well, this is where, them. like, I mean, Christian worldview, right, is the basis of theology and helping them see the world through the biblical lens of Scripture and understand those things is going to equip them far beyond the few years we have with them. And that's what they need to know is that this book, this guide that God's given me reveals who he is, who I am in light of that, and then how I should live in light of both of those. That's good. It's just important. And I would say to our listeners, like, that, that means we have to prepare well. No doubt. Yeah, which is another reason why you need some additional training, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, right. Look at there. Yeah, look at there. together, right? Yeah, but it, but it also, I mean, it, it, we, we have to be better. We have to be... We have to be great at games and fun and all that, no doubt. But we also have to be really good at teaching the Bible no and, and being able to prepare that. And we have to spend a lot of time uh, getting ready for that. So, uh, yeah, and I think just being a lifelong learner. Yeah, for I real. Mean, that's something we talk about a lot on yes. the show. Is like always really pressing in, leaning in, being willing to seek out and learn more. And 
Yeah, I was if, reading a couple books the other day on a magic trick thing I was trying to learn. Yeah, and, I'm kidding. You got this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's because you're junior high. Disappear. Guy. Right. <laughs> but I think just leaning in and, and being willing, whether it's even if you've already gone Bible college, if you even have some, right. that doesn't mean learning is over. It means we're exactly. still trying to figure it out. And so that's good. Scott, thanks. Thanks for yeah. sitting in. Hey, and let's do this. We've got another. So let's, as we wrap this thing up. Yeah. So typically, I mean, our listeners all over the country, sure. some out of the country. Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of, you know, some that are full-time, a lot of part-time by vocation, a lot of just straight-up volunteers. Right. But as you think about those folks that are listening, uh, what, what, what encouragement would you give those folks? Because yeah, I know you love youth pastors. Man, the, the reason yeah. I love youth pastors and youth ministry is, like I mentioned earlier, it's such a formative uh, time of life in there. I don't know that there's another ministry in the local church where you can see such radical transformation instantly, mm. right? Kids haven't, children, you know, haven't walked through life and developed lifestyles and different things that, that lends to a radical transformation. And if not a radical transformation, at least a radical change in trajectory, right? And the, the older, uh, more experienced, seasoned veterans of life, the adults, if you will, man, they, they've got so much things in their, so many things in their lives in terms of Man, uh, kids and family and careers and whatever. Man, it's like turning a battleship. You just can't do it. In youth ministry, man, when you see a transformed life, it happens and it all of a sudden begins to transform everything around. So I think it's some of the most gratifying and rewarding ministry you can do. So I want to encourage you to continue to invest in students. Uh, recognize that you're writing in their book, their book is being written and you're a character in that story, in that Oof. chapter. And one day they're going to flip back and they're going to look and they're going to see, man, I remember in that chapter, that season of my life, that person made a difference. That person helped uh, kind of shape and mold who I am. And what better testament do we have to God's glory for Christ than to be investing in those and making a difference in their life for, for good. So That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Scott. It. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Well, yeah, that was good stuff for sure. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott. And one thing I was going to say, Jody, you know, I that, you did you know him already before? Did you yeah. got you guys went yeah, to we school served to we served in the same uh, town. So he okay. was serving at Richmond Creek Community Church, and I was uh, at at Stony Hill at the time. And then I we, didn't, we were around Southeastern at the same time. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know him, but I, I'll tell you this, and I'm going to speak for him. If you are listening and you're out there going, man, like, yeah, I don't have even my bachelor's and I love the idea of getting that. Um, he's the he's the dean of the college for the right. seminary, which is their it's not their master's level program. It's their bachelor's level program. And if you're just kind of overwhelmed and I'm not saying he's going to do the work for you by any means. But re, he is the kind of guy that would partner with you and try to help you figure out what to do next. Yeah. So just look him up online and drop the guy an email, give him a call or whatever, and just say, Hey, I'm living here and I love the idea of getting education for whatever reason I didn't get it done and I'd like to finish it. What are my options? And I think he's the kind of guy that would help you figure out because he has, a. He, it always goes back to this, Jody, and you not, you and I talk about it. It's the, he's got the heart. He has the heart of a youth pastor. Yeah, for sure. So the idea of helping youth pastors, he'd be all about that. Yeah, and I'll say about Southeastern. Um, oh boy, here we go. And they're not, they're not a sponsor. That I know that, but, but you're a bit of a you know. I love that school, man. And their undergrad program is solid. 
It's yeah. so good right now. You and, so much of it online. And their online program, their online program is literally one of the best I've ever seen. It is so intentionally done. Um, like it's really, really, really good. It's and good. So, yeah, if reach out to that. Check out the book too. We'll put a link to the book, uh, Student Mystery by the Book. We'll put yeah. It you can get it on. Uh, let me see here. Is it on the old Amazon? I think it's on every the everywhere. It's probably on Amazon. So yeah. uh, we'll put a link to I it. To be there, I don't think. No, no, of course not. It's a youth mystery book. Can't be that much. We can't afford it. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'll also put a link to uh, to the school there and uh, and to Conclave. So, so it is a little pricey, actually. It's a hardcover, so it's like twenty bucks on Amazon. What? What? Yeah, yep. that's more than I thought. It's a good book, though. Yeah, it's, I think you know what. Here, here's I think probably also partly why. It, um, hey, did you know that it's a part of a uh, series? Nope. I just saw that. I didn't. I, didn't, I had no idea. There's preaching by the book. The story. There's a bunch of them. Huh? Well, there How you about go. that? There you go. By the whole series, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, and you can uh, you can check it out. It is, it is really good. It's I you know what? It's very practical, which was super helpful. I always love a student mission book that's really practical. So um, head over to the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 103. Check that out. Also, don't forget to head over to uh, YM360 for all your student needs and use that promo code longerhall. And, and listen, if you're still listening, you need to be listening to the next episode because oh, we really are good. doing – Two big things. Number one, we are introducing a new sponsor. Indeed. Number two, it's awesome. We're introducing a ridiculously awesome giveaway. That's yeah. going to be super exciting, <laughs> dude. We should have just waited for the giveaway before we bought ours of what we're giving away. I know we might get a one. We could could we enter our own giveaway? Is that a thing? Probably not. That's probably not. That's probably good. not very good. But, but yeah, so that'll come out. We'll we'll announce that in the next car. episode. Yeah, that car. would be amazing. I could have given him Dylan's old car, my son's old car. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so check that out in the next episode. Be sure if you haven't joined our Facebook group, by the way, man, we would love for you to jump into the Facebook group. Uh, we had a blast hanging out and connecting with the folks crowd is growing. And, look, and if uh, listen, here's what I love about our Facebook group, I, and I'm not knocking the others. I know what you're going to say. You say it all the time. I say it all the time, but it really is. And one day it's not going to be this because if it keeps growing, obviously we're going to end up being one of the yeah. big, you know, not one of the bigger ones by any means. But but currently, you know, those Facebook groups where you always have like that one or two people that are always like they stir up crap. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Can you say crap on our podcast? Uh, it's did. your podcast. You can say which one. Yeah. Um, does that are we going to get an explicit now all of a sudden? Dude, we should try to get an explicit on at least one I of our podcasts. That would not work. Okay. Um, so. We we just don't currently have any of those people. I mean, Philip Higginbotham, he's a little he's a little testy at times, you know. But I'm just kidding; he's not even testy. I mean, I just there's a so typically you're still in that mode where you can ask a question, yeah, and get and there's not three responses. there's not three people that go, you know, idiot for asking, you know. So here's so, what's interesting about today's episode. Yeah, I'm not knocking other podcasts or other Facebook. I just really want to apologize for people who are still listening. Because you you're really grumpy today. You, I'm not. You've been on. I'm not this, grumpy. What you talking about? You've been complaining about podcast groups on Facebook, youth ministry groups on Facebook. You've been. You went on a rant on education. You've gone now, like. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. 
I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely> really not. <laughs> All right. We'll stop and let you free if you're still listening. Hey, be sure to check out be the free. next week's episode, though. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. We'll see you guys next week. Later, everybody.